Scripture reading this morning will be taken from Luke, the 11th chapter. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. I'm glad that hand surgery didn't slow down your reading any. If you have your Bibles, you might open them up to Luke chapter 11, uh, where our text will come from this morning. Um, We're coming to the end of the summer. Uh, It's been a great summer. There have been ups, there have been downs. There's still lots of things that are going on this week. Um, I have such mixed feelings uh, about Brother James Arnold's passing. And I know that any of you that know him know, know that. Uh, I have been inspired by some great men over the last 10 or 15 years in ministry, but the men who have challenged me the most have been men, both young and old, who have embraced death, who have prayed for death, not because they wanted to die, but because they had such confidence in going to be with the Lord that it became a positive thing for them. And it's going to be on this coming Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Uh, I know you will be edified by coming and paying honor to Brother James here at the Savannah Church. Uh, I believe that Jim is going to, is going to be back to preach, that, to, preach, uh, to preach James's funeral. And most of you have heard Jim go off on his diatribe about how great, about how great James was. And so that's going to be a great, great time. Uh, we still have a lot of people that we need to remember in our prayers. Uh, I did not know just a moment ago that Miss Audrey, Miss Audrey Bowling, actually fell on Friday and broke her kneecap. Uh, and they have that immobilized, and she's at home, and she's supposed to go to the doctor tomorrow to find out if she's going to have to have surgery or not. Uh, but definitely we want to be sure. I mean, she is as tough as they come, and, and we want to be sure to remember her in our prayers. Uh, a, a, a group of our uh, people, they're not all young, but a group of our people are going to Cincinnati uh, uh, tomorrow and on Tuesday to the Creation Museum. Uh, we're going to have a great trip, and I mentioned that, number one, so you'll pray for that group, uh, but number two, because if you have any inclination that you might want to go at the very last minute, we've had a couple cancellations, and we got a, we got hotel rooms already reserved. So if you'd like to go, it's really inexpensive. Uh, but see me this morning about that uh, if, if before I cancel all of that stuff. You know, we're, we're getting into that time of back to school and back to high school and back to college, and and you know we've seen children over vacations. But let me ask everyone in the room who who has a child this question. If your child is hurting, what do you want them to do? If, if your child is really in need, you know, one day your little girl's going to grow up and what do you want her to do? I say it like this, maybe, maybe your child does something really bad. Maybe they get into a big mess that's all of their, even their own creation. What do you want them to do? That's right. Donnie says right here, I want them to call me. I want them to call me. 
I want them to lean upon me. I want them to know that I'm there. I want them to know that I care for them. I want them to pick up the phone or write a letter or find some way, knock on my door. I want my children to turn to me. In our text this morning, that's the message that God is going to have for His children. I want you to turn to Me. Not just one time. Not just two times. God says, I want you to turn to Me over and over and over again with the things that you're hurting, with the things that you're struggling with, with the things that, 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 that are passions in your life. I just want you to continue to turn to Me. In our context in, in Luke chapter 11, it's, it's, that, it's that question that I think every one of us can, can ask where the Bible says in verse 1 that while He was praying in a certain place and after He finished, one of His disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach me. Help me. Help me to know how I can come before you. I am very alone. I am struggling in life. I, I'm doing the dog paddle out here. Teach me how I can come to you. Teach me in the same way that John taught his disciples. And, and so Jesus begins to teach them. And, and he, he gives them what, what we call the, the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer there in verses 2 through 4. But then in verse 5, he, he switches gears and, and, he, and he says, I want to tell you a parable. I want to tell you a story, and this story is going to have a point, and it's a point about your prayer life. It's a point that, that I need to always remember when I think about coming before God. He says, verse 5, Suppose that one of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he shall answer and say, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my, and my children and I are in bed and I cannot get up and give you anything. Dustin, why are you texting me at midnight? Right? If you send me a text at midnight, say, Wes, I need you to do something. You know what I'm probably going to do? I'm probably going to look at it and say, Why is Dustin texting me at midnight? I'll talk to him tomorrow. But if Dustin really wants something at midnight, what are you going to do? You're going to text me back at 12.05, right? And I'm going to ignore it. And you're going to text me back at 12.10. And, at 12, and you're going to text me back... I shouldn't have pointed at Dustin because Anne is the one who would do this. Anne is, is going to continue to text me until I get up out of bed and do what she wants, right? That's what's going on here. That's what's going on here. I tell you, verse 8, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, this is a parable. One of the things we have to be very careful about parables with is that we don't think that everything symbolizes something. Okay? Parables are told mostly unless Jesus, sometimes He gives us the explanation and He gives us all this detailed explanation. But, but unless He gives us this detailed explanation, we need to pull away what is the one main point. Don't try to make everything fit here. 
God is not God is not this 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 friend. God is not this friend who really doesn't want to be bothered with all of our problems. All right, but he's only doing it because we won't shut up. That that that's not the point. As a matter of fact, that's the exact opposite of the point he's going to make. Okay, so 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 don't don't fill in the blanks on the parable in that way. What's the parable about? The parable is about persistence. God is saying, when you come to me, I want you to come once and twice and three times. I want you to come over and over and over and over again. It's a parable about persistence. A persistence that He says, I want you to have that in our relationship. In the same way that, that, that every parent says, I want my child to come over and over and over again. I want them to know that. I want them to know that my door is open. I want them to know that I want to hear the, the, the things that, that, that they have to say. This is a parable about persistence in our relationship with God. He, he continues on in the text. He continues on in, in, in the text to say in verse 9, I say to you, this is, this is the point I'm trying to get at, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it shall be opened. That's, that's the reality. So what's on your heart? This is what our relationship with God is supposed to look like. A relationship where we are taking our cares and our concerns and our needs. Do you have some of those? Do you have some of those that are weighing on your mind this morning? Do you have some of those things and, and, and you're struggling with them and they're causing you anxiety and they're getting you down? and they're doing? Am, am I alone on that? He says, I want you to take them to Me. I want you to ask. Ask. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Can, can, can I give you homework? I know we can't give homework in our Bible classes. Nobody will do it. But maybe you'll, get, maybe you'll do your homework if I, give it, if I give it from the pulpit. Here's your assignment for lunch today. I want you to sit around that table, whether it's at your house or it's a coffee table or if it's at some restaurant. I just want you to talk with your family. Talk with the people that, 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 talk with the people that you're with about how that's true. About how, about how you've went to God and you've seen God's hand and you've seen God's compassion and you've seen God working in your life in a way that's affected everything else in your life. I think we're scared of those words. I think those words make us uncomfortable to, to, to speak about even with, with the certainty that Jesus talks about them. God wants us to come to Him. I would tell the story, and I'm going I'm to spoil it. I had to think of something else for lunch. But I remember when I was 17 years old, and we had went to the, the Mid-America Youth Rally in Dexter, Missouri. And it had about 400 people in our, in our area. It, it was like EU for Southeast Missouri. It was a big deal every year. But I remember one of the things that we learned about that week was the importance of God's people marrying God's people. And I'd never thought about it in my life. 
And I remember I was driving that 1980 Ford pickup truck down that road that I probably shouldn't have been allowed to leave home in this truck, but I was driving it home and I should have been praying for this truck, but I wasn't. I was praying. My buddies were, were, were in the truck with me and they were asleep. And I remember praying. It was in the middle of February 1995. And I just prayed to God, God, just help, help me find that person. Help me find that person that... That's going to help me get to heaven. Help me find that person that, that, that's going to help me be the man that you want me to be. Help me find that person who's going to, who's going to support me in, in doing your will for, for my life. And I, I don't remember a lot of prayers that I prayed in my life, but I very distinctly remember that one. The very next month, I knew her already, but the very next month it, it occurred to me, I kind of like that Shelly Simmons. And the rest is history. Fifteen years later... There's been, no greater, there's been no greater impact in my life spiritually. I'm telling you, I prayed to God and He answered my prayer. God answers prayers. What have you been struggling with? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? Maybe a better question in this text is, what have I been struggling with that I haven't taken to God? You ever find out that there was something that was really bothering your kids, but you didn't know about it? Yeah, probably uh, several of us have had that experience. And, and, and one of my reactions as a parent is, why didn't you come to me? I could have helped. I want to help. I mean, I want to sacrifice for you. Why, why didn't you turn to me? And sometimes I wonder if God doesn't look at us and say, why, why, why aren't you coming to me? Not once, not twice. Why aren't you coming to me over and over again? So many times, I, I'll just be real honest. I don't take my struggles to God because I'm too busy. I'm too busy fixing my problems. You, you ever found yourself there? I'm too busy try, tr trying to fix the problem that, that, that I neglect to take it for God. But the, but the truth is, I'm not generally too busy fixing the problem because I don't ever, hardly ever fix the problem. I'm generally too busy worrying about the problem to take it to God. That, that, that can be a full-time job, can it? Just take all of your cares, take all of your anxieties, cast them upon me. That's, he says, teach me how to pray. I, I, I'm trying to tell you how to pray. Come to me over and over. If it's on your heart, if it's on your mind, if you're passionate about it, if it causes you pain, if it's a struggle in your life, come to me. James said in, in James, James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, he said, you do not have because you do not ask. That realization that sometimes I come to in my life and I say, I say, why hasn't God done something about this? And then I all of a sudden realize, I don't think I've ever talked to God about this. I thought a lot about it. But I don't remember one time I actually got on my knees and spent five minutes talking to God about it. You do not have because you do not ask. Maybe there are some things that we just need to ask God about. <laughs> now maybe. There are some things that we just need to ask God about. He says, you, you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, now listen, as much as I want my children to come to me, I don't want my son to have everything he wants. I mean, 
If you go to the video game at Walmart, my son will say, I want that one, no, I want that one, no, I want that one. He, he, he got a big prize this, this week because he read all these books d- during the summer and he was going to get a video game. And he was, I mean, he, the, the short story was he wanted all of them. Right? He can't have all of them. It wouldn't be good for him to have all of them. I'm not talking, and Jesus isn't saying, okay, I'm some sort of a magical genie, and you just, you know, rub the lamp and ask me, I'll grant you all these. That's not what he's saying any more than you would say that to, to, to your children. What he's saying is, I am there, and I do care, and I want you to come to me. Verse 11 and 12 there of Luke he says, suppose, suppose that one of you, you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he's asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? Now, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? When you pray, remember this. God wants to hear your prayers. God is concerned about the things that you are concerned about, and He wants to give you good things. In the same way, a billion times more so, than you want to give good things to your children. I need to know that, and I need to believe that. If I don't believe that about God... I think this is one of the the impediments that a lot of times we we face this in our spiritual lives. We don't go to God because because somewhere in the back of our mind we've gotten this idea that He doesn't really care about these things. He doesn't need to be bothered by by these things. Some of us people don't go to their earthly parents for, for, for those same reasons. That's wrong. Because I have to come to a point, and the reason He's sharing this is so that we'll get the point, I do care. I want you to come. I welcome your struggles. I want you to come to me over and over and over and over again. It is not a bother to me. So I'll ask you again this morning, what are you struggling with? What's the struggle? It's in your mind right now, isn't it? You're thinking about it. You could write it down. You could whisper it to the person sitting next to you. What is that thing that you're struggling with and you're convinced in your own mind, nobody really wants to be bothered with this? That's a lie we tell ourselves. Because the body of Christ and Christ Himself says, I do want to be bothered. Why? Because I love you. Because I care for you. Because I am your Father. What are you struggling with? And, and we, can, we can all respond to some of these verses with, with the question, yeah, well, well, if that's so, then, then, then what about this? I mean, if it's true that, that, that God wants me to come and, and he, who, he who knocks will be answered and He who seeks shall, be fine, sh- 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 shall find, if that's all true, I did that. So why didn't this thing happen? Why doesn't He... You fill in the blank. Why doesn't He take away the cancer? Why doesn't He find me a job? Why doesn't He ease this family tension? Why doesn't He this? Why doesn't He that? I mean, we, can, we all ask the question, right? Why? Why not this, God? Because it seems to me I've got this figured out. That's how we tend to approach God, isn't it? God, I've got this problem, and I've got this solution, and I, and I know you probably never thought about this solution, God, but I'm, I'm just here to let you know what it is that you need to do to help me. 
And then we say, well, why didn't you do what I wanted you to do? I told you what to do. I mean, do I have to come do it for you? Right? We approach God that way. Why doesn't He? Well, friends, there are people greater than you and people greater than me who have prayed to God, who have asked very specifically to God and have not received those things. For struggle with unanswered prayer, well, you are in the company of the Lord Himself. You remember in the garden when Jesus prayed all night long? What did He pray? Let this cup pass from me. And His Father who loved Him, His Father who loved Him so much that He had to turn His back on the crucifixion, what was His answer? It was no. I can't. I won't. The Apostle Paul and his thorn in the flesh that we talk about he says, I, I, I've went to God, I, not once, not I've went to Him three times, entreating Him that it might depart from me. And what He said to me is this, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. What kind of answer is that? When I'm hurting? He says, I, I, I want you to understand this. I want you to know that I am there. When you feel so lonely and you, and you think no one cares, I want you to know that I am there. And I want you to know that I do care. And I want you to know that I do have a plan. And I want you to know that I can take this and I will take these things and even work them for good. Someone once said that if we knew what God knew, we would give ourselves the identical blessings that He has given us. I like that. Have you ever asked God for something and then you didn't get it? And then a decade later, you thought, whew, I'm glad He didn't give me that. Right? you ever asked for that? Some of you guys prayed. You didn't pray for just a, for just a Christian wife. You prayed for a specific girl to be your girlfriend. And you didn't get it. And you're looking back now and you're saying, Lord, thank you. Just thank you. <laughs> I didn't get what I wanted, right? God knows things that I don't know. If I knew what God knew, let me tell you what I know about God. I'd do the same thing that He did. That He did. He knows. He's in control. And He has a plan to ask and to seek and to knock. See... The message, and, and, and it's a short one and a simple one, but it can be a difficult one at times. It's simply this. God is saying to you and to me, I want you to bring your cares and I want you to bring your concerns to me. Because I do care. Because I want to help. Because I want to give good things. He doesn't just say it here. Over and over, Jesus says this in His ministry. Flip over a few pages to, to Luke 18. So he's going to give us another parable. A parable about a persistent widow. And remember, get the big point. Don't, don't try to micromanage the parable. He says there, in Luke 18, he says there wasn't a certain city, a judge who did not fear God. And he did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city, and, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection against my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling. But afterwards he said to himself, 
even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, lest, lest by continually coming she wear me out. The same parable we started with almost in Luke 11. And the Lord said, here's why I'm telling you that. And the Lord said, hear what, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Okay? Here's what, the un, here's what an unrighteous judge says. I'm the righteous judge. The unrighteous judge said, Now shall not God bring about justice for His elect? who cry to Him day and night, and will He delay long over them? I tell you that He will bring about justice for them speedily. Friends, if the unrighteous judge tended to the need out of persistence, what about that judge who loves you and who cares for you? And we're saying, what should we do when we're hurting? What should we do when we're struggling? What should we do when life seems overwhelming to us? What should we do even when we've made a mess out of our own life? And our Lord and our Savior are sitting there just like Donnie did at the beginning of the sermon. And He's going like this. Call me! I'm here. That, that's why I'm here. However, this is my favorite verse we're going to talk about. However, Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? I just love the way He concludes that. What He's, he's saying, what sort of people will you be? What will I find? I know who I am. I know who the Father is. I know what He wants. Will I find faith on the earth? What's He saying? He's saying, will I find people who are constantly and consistently and willingly and humbly and openly willing to take all of their cares and all of their concerns and all of their struggles and cast those things upon me? Pray for my wisdom and for my strength and trust in me. Friends, that's what faith is. What will he find? What will he find when he looks at Wes Hazel? Will he find someone who's been beaten down by life but has taken those things and given them over to him? Or will he find someone who's been beaten down by life and is just crumpled up in a ball because I wasn't big enough. He says, come to me. I'm here. He says that not just to these people and not just to me. He says that to all of us and to all of mankind. And so the invitation for you this morning is if you're struggling, if you're hurting, if life is overwhelming you, and, and I know that it is for very many of us, Let's take a moment to go to God. That's how you pray. Because we have a God. He cares when we don't think anybody else cares. He cares. And He's desperate for us to allow Him to work in our lives. And if you have a need to come, 
maybe to be baptized into Christ. If you have a need to come to repent of things that you think you could never be forgiven of, the word is you can. If you just have a need to come and have His arms wrapped around you, why don't you come this morning as we stand and as we sing.